Hello and welcome. This is Perspective for Parents. My name is Nick Thompson, and this is a podcast for parents of adolescents. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. Okay, so this is the second half of a presentation that I gave to middle and high school students yesterday. If you haven't listened to the first part, please do go back and give that episode a listen before getting to part two. I only recommend that because things will be easier to follow if you do so. All right, so I hope you find this information helpful. And again, if your child's open to it, feel free to share it with them, but only only if they're open to it or wanting to. Okay, here's part two. Let's look at the next student recommendation. I've been trying to get up at the same time or close to the same time every day, even on the weekends. Okay, so on this one, this recommendation from this particular student This allows me to bring up something I call a sleep vow. Vow is an acronym. I know I love acronyms. Uh, If you don't, I apologize Uh, for whatever reason. It just helps me uh, connect ideas and make concepts uh, to help people uh, understand different things. Okay, so to this acronym, sleep vow. Vow stands for variance of waking. What that means is when I'm working with a student, what what I do is I ask them, what's the latest that you wake up during the week? So that's usually on the weekend. And um, what's the earliest you wake up during the week? Usually that's during the week, during the uh, school day. And so you take that, that latest time and subtract the, the earliest time. And that equals your variance. I do this because I work with a lot of middle school, high school, college students who, you know, they'll sleep until noon or 1 p.m. on Sunday. And then on Monday, they have to get up at like 6 a.m. for school. So if you get up at noon on Sunday and then get up at 6 a.m. on Monday, you have a variance of six hours. And if you have a high variance in this time of waking, it's going to be incredibly difficult for you to regulate. What I mean by that is it's going to be difficult for you to uh, uh, focus on school, sustain effort, not be distracted, regulate your mood, regulate behavior. All of these things that are called executive functions. They're going to be incredibly difficult if you have a high variance in the time that you wake up. I like to say this, that your body, and for the most part, your mind has no clue the difference between Sunday and Monday. So when you wake up Monday morning, like four or five, six hours earlier than you did the day before, your body, your brain, it's going to panic. It's going to be totally dysregulated. It's not going to be able to get its feet set, if you will. And that's going to make most things incredibly difficult, but really going to make school difficult. So when I'm working with somebody, I look at that variance. That's usually where we start. We do the score and we look at the vowel for the S in score, sleep. And I say, hey, if we have a six-hour variance, let's see if we can get it to four. If we have four, let's see if we can get it to three. Three, let's get it to two. Ideally, you want to have your variance be zero, but I know that can be difficult. If you're in middle school or high school. So I say this, I say two hours or less when it comes to sleep variance. And what this will do is help you on Monday and throughout the week, be able to do the things that are really difficult. The things that require focus, 
positive energy, an ability to sustain effort, stay present, and stay positive. Those things really are difficult when you have a high variance in your sleep vow. So something to think about. Just an idea. If you have a high variance, check it out. See if you can get it lower and see the benefit that shows up Monday and throughout the week. Again, just an idea. Okay, let's take a look at the next student recommendation. I have a dedicated spot where I only do my remote classes and my homework. I used to just do my schoolwork from bed, but I figured out that having a different place to study makes it easier to focus and get stuff done. Okay, so on this one, it allows me to provide another acronym. You may be thinking, can you answer a question? Make a point without an acronym? I don't know. Maybe I'll I'll attempt to later. But on this one, it allows me to talk about creating a sacred study space. And that's what that student's talking about. And the reason it, it, it can work or be so effective is because of this. The brain, in a way, uh, it's quite lazy. And what it'll do is the brain will prefer whatever is the easiest or most pleasurable activity that is done in any given area. So during this time, during this pandemic, I've been working with uh, a lot of students who have been trying to do class and their homework like from bed or like laid out on the couch. And I try to remind them that if you try to do class, your homework from bed, remember that your brain prefers the most pleasurable or easiest activity done in any given area. So while you're trying to stay on task and do your homework from bed, your brain's going to be nudging you the whole time. Like, hey, buddy, don't you realize this is where we uh, watch Netflix? This is where we sleep, nap. This is where we game. Don't you put that uh, boring stuff aside for the moment. Let's get back to something a little more enjoyable. So that's why having a dedicated space is so important. Because if you only use that space for doing class or doing your schoolwork, what will happen when you sit in that space is your brain will go, all right, I guess we're doing school because we have to pay attention while we're here. And that can be the energy that you need from the environment to get difficult things done, to have some willpower. We are so impacted by our environment. We we minimize the impact that our environments have on us. So knowing how big of an impact environments have, you can create one. And just some ideas on this. Okay. So S, that first one, specific. Make it a specific area. Hopefully, uh, a desk or a table. And you only sit at that desk or table when you're going to do school. So that you don't confuse this brain that's always looking to procrastinate and do something a little more enjoyable. All right. So that's the idea of the specific. Specific space solely dedicated to doing school. A, access. What that means is have everything you need. Everything that you will need to do school, whatever the project is, whatever the task is, have it within reach. Because there's nothing that the brain that wants to procrastinate likes more than going, oh, we don't have everything we need. I guess we have to take a break. So have everything you need within reach. That's the A. C, chair. Groundbreaking, I know. But I talk to so many students who don't sit in a chair. They lay down or they're like fully reclined in like a couch or a certain chair or like a reclining chair. 
So when I say chair, a chair that you sit in that puts you in an upright position, it's really difficult to focus, sustain effort, not be distracted when we're not sitting upright. Sitting up straight cues to the brain, all right, I guess I should be alert and pay attention to whatever we're doing. So that's just an idea, chair. Or if you're a standing person, you do that too. That's a big deal, you know, like standing desks or, or, or doing your work while standing. Um, if you're into that, cool. But many people are like, eh, I don't want to stand for, I don't know, five, six hours during the day. If you do, great. If you don't, see if you can do it from a chair that has you sitting up straight. All right, up next, routine. That's all about making it a habit. Attaching it to a certain time of day. You've already got the location, but you want to look for the times of day where you're the most productive. And then you schedule the times for for that part of the day. Again, so you take advantage of the ability to be productive. And so if you look at, oh, maybe I should schedule it at the same time every day because, man, I seem to be pretty productive during that time. And what that'll do if you do that day after day, the time will begin to be a cue for your brain that it's time to sit down, do school, do your homework, focus on whatever the difficult task is. So that's about the routine. Make it a routine. If you really don't like doing it, if it takes a whole lot of willpower, see if you can make it part of a routine. Then you won't have to use all that willpower, which is a limited resource. Make it a routine. Okay, the E, eliminate. What that stands for, what what I mean by that is eliminate distractions. Eliminate distractions, remove them from your sacred study space. And the big one there, yep, phones, our cell phones. While these things can be incredible, I mean, I use mine for for the meditation app and use it for my planner and all these different things. But when it comes to doing something difficult, something that takes a lot of your focus, a lot of your energy, it's best to remove the phone because they're amazing and therefore highly distracting. And what else? Maybe you uh, uh, don't have your sacred study space um, where there's another screen within view, like a TV. So see if you can remove all the distracting things from the sacred study space so that the mind that wants to procrastinate, the mind that wants to get distracted, well, that mind will find it difficult if there isn't anything in your sacred study space that's likely to pull your attention away from whatever it is that you're doing. Finally, D, decorate. Decorate to motivate. (laughs) So Create a space that you like, that inspires you, that gives you a good energy. So pick some colors that you like. Maybe have some motivational pieces, a motivational saying, I don't know, picture of your dog, a picture of some goal uh, that represents some goal that you want to achieve. But create a space that you like, that's enjoyable to sit in, that provides the environment, provides an energy that's conducive to doing school doing school with focus, and a positive energy. Something to think about. Sacred study space. Specific. Access. Chair. Routine. Eliminate distractions. Decorate to motivate. Just an idea. Okay, up next, the next student recommendation. Okay, so this one, this recommendation will be the final one that I share. So thank you. If you have listened this far into uh, this presentation, much appreciated. This will be the final one. Okay. Earlier this school year, 
I was avoiding pretty much every responsibility I had. I was procrastinating on my schoolwork. I wasn't taking care of myself. I didn't want to shower or do other hygiene stuff. I wasn't reaching out to my friends as much. I was avoiding all my problems and just hoping they would go away. After a few months of this, I decided this wasn't going to work and wasn't going to be good for me. So I began to just get started on school, on taking care of myself, and I forced myself to reach out to friends and family, even though I didn't feel like it. Instead of continuing to avoid all my problems, I decided to face them head on. Okay, so I wanted to close with that recommendation because, well, I think it's really powerful, meaningful. I don't know about you, but uh, pretty open and honest. And uh, I love that idea of, of facing challenges, obstacles head on. And it also allows me to, um, oh. okay, here I'm pausing the presentation momentarily so that I can provide you with a description of what, what's going on at this moment. Uh, this part of the presentation. Okay, so what I'm doing right here at this moment is I'm lifting up a very large and heavy statue of a buffalo, or bison, as some people call it. Okay, that's all I wanted to share. All right, back to the presentation. Present that. The American buffalo. Maybe they can... What are you doing now? Well... That head-on approach allows me to talk uh, in, in a way using a metaphor or analogy. I'm not sure which one it is. Maybe someday I'll figure out the difference between metaphor and analogy. But um, it allows me to talk about one of the coolest things about the American buffalo. And it does relate to this head-on approach, I promise. And it also allows me to show some uh, impressive, cool uh, video of the American buffalo in snow. Okay, so let's get that going. Okay, so as we take in this footage of this dignified and impressive creature, I just want to share with you what I see as the most fascinating characteristic of the American buffalo. I know some people call it a bison. I also want to tie it into uh, the recommendation from a student that I shared earlier. Okay, so the most interesting and in my opinion, the most impressive thing about this majestic animal is what it does when a storm is approaching. Okay, so what buffaloes do is this. They actually face up to the storm and take it head on. They don't run away. Instead, they travel directly into the storm's path. Other animals will try to run away from the storm. Now, this buffalo behavior isn't just some foolish flex. That's an attempt to show how tough, or should I say, how buff they are. Sorry for that pun. Sorry about that. But back to it. This isn't the reason at all. Nope. The buffalo does this because it knows that by heading into the storm, this will actually reduce the amount of time that it will be exposed to the storm. So by walking into or running into the storm, this will get them through and then out of the bad weather sooner. So other animals, what they'll do is they'll, they'll run away from the storm. And the vast majority of these animals just aren't fast enough to outrun the storm. So when they do this, what happens is they actually end up experiencing the storm 
for a longer period of time due to the fact that they're trying to avoid it. So this is the reason, is one of the main reasons why I love this head-on approach from Buffaloes. And I think it relates to a lot of what's going on with people today. I think it relates to procrastination. And not just procrastination with school, but also in how we procrastinate on taking care of ourselves, eating right, getting into shape, whatever it may be. Also, avoiding the things that we say we want to do or accomplish. And I think it also relates to how we avoid difficult conversations with friends and family. Usually, when we have major challenges or obstacles in our lives, our immediate reaction is to avoid, to run away. But when it comes to things and situations that aren't dangerous, like in a life or death sense, but are instead annoying, maybe awkward, or things that are difficult, disagreeable, and may provide us with some level of discomfort. When this is the case, it's often the best approach or course of action to approach that which you want to avoid. And when we do this, we will be able to get through the difficulty or discomfort much sooner than if we avoid or run away from them. Just an idea, something to think about. And to make this point, a quote, running away from any problem only increases the distance from the solution. Okay, so there you have it. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this. My hope, my wish, is that I shared at least one thing, one small thing, maybe a big thing, but one thing that you can take with you that you see as being possibly helpful to you moving forward. Whether that one thing be, wait for it, here we go, making physical wellness a priority in your life by focusing on your score. And that stands for sleep, consumption, outdoors, relationships, and exercise. Or maybe you picked up on this idea that it isn't going to be motivation that gets the significant thing done in your life. That it's going to require creating habits, habits and routines. This will be the thing that helps you get things done and live the life that you want to live. And remember, way to do that is by dedicating yourself and and focusing on only 2% of your day. Remember that. If you can change uh, only 2% of your day, that was the part on the first 15 minutes of the day and the last 15 minutes of the day. With that first 15 minutes, looking at creating a starting five, doing five things in those first 15 minutes that set you up for success going into the day. And at the end of the day, taking 15 minutes to do some thoughtful, some helpful things for your tomorrow self. Or maybe it's looking at your sleep vowel. Remember, that's variance of waking. Maybe you take a look at this and decide to get your variance down a bit so that you're just not so tired. Maybe you're tired of being tired when it comes to school days. Or maybe it's creating a sacred study space. Remember, that's creating a space that is specific, where you have access to everything you need, sit in a chair upright, creating a routine around it, eliminating distractions, and decorate to motivate. 
Maybe it's this. Maybe it's the idea of facing your problems or other difficult situations head on. And if you do this, you will not allow life or this buffalo to pass you by. Thank you for listening. If you found this podcast useful, please subscribe, rate, review, and share with a friend. If you would like to find more information about this podcast or my upcoming presentations, please check out my website, perspectiveforparents.com. Spelled out, that's perspective, the number four, parents.com. Thanks again. Thanks again.